Welcome to Expounded Universe, with your hosts, Jeff and John, the book, Shadows of the Empire, by Steve Perry, sir, the year, 1996, chapters 19 through 21, let's go. Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? <laughs> Pulls everyone cheese on, I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. All right, welcome back to Expounded Universe with your hosts, Jeff and John. I am Jeff. That is John. Yep. Oh, Christ. And uh, as always, what we do here is we review old Star Wars Expanded Universe book. So far, just the one. <laughs> Yes, old Expanded Universe book. Yes, Shadows of the Empire, Steve Perry's... It's all we're going to do. It's, it's, we're <laughs> going to finish it up and then go back and review it again. I want to call it Steve Perry's seminal classic, but I might as well call it Steve Perry's semen-soaked classic at this point. Mm. It's uh, Well, yeah. It's pretty drippy with... R semen with juice, yeah. R semen, yeah. This because there's nothing that's a bigger turn on to me than the gross lizard people that populate this universe. Indeed. So uh, let's get right into it, shall we? When where last we left our mighty heroes, uh, they were just having discovered the plans to the second Death Star. My good gracious! And and indeed, many Bothans had recently died in order to help <laughs> procure this information. Indeed, at least a dozen Bothans. Not in the way that we've always expected, where we kind of figured that the Bothans would be more of like active participants, but instead they were merely floating nearby in some Y wings when a like torpedo blew them up. Yeah, floating nearby. They weren't doing anything. They, they just happened to be on a pleasure they cruise. They really weren't. I mean, like there was a whole f- squadron of Y wings that came out there to help them capture that freighter that had the thing, but we don't get a single description of Y wings doing anything cool in the whole the whole fight. It's just Dash and Luke in the Outrider and an X wing, respectively, zipping around, and then the next thing you know, a bunch of the Y wings get blowed up because they're getting too close together, and some sort of diamond torpedo gets them. Okay, that's it. So that was the last thing we saw, and we kind of got the establishing shot of an idea that this is a real blow to the ego of one Dash Rendar. Oh my goodness, Dash Rendar couldn't shoot a missile down. Oh, he is the mopiest mope that has ever moped as an immediate result of this. Like, he's literally never failed before. Yeah, it... (sighs) How helicoptery were this guy's parents that this is his first brush with failure? I mean, you have to assume that the fact that, you know, he was kicked out from the Empire and had to go do a whole bunch of nonsense, whatever, and then became himself. Might have hardened him up a little bit. Maybe you'd think at one point he would have seen someone die or he may have fucked up anything ever. Yeah. But apparently this guy has lived a golden life where he's never screwed up. He sounds like the sort of guy that got a lot of presents on his brother's birthday. Ha! Ah! Yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like that's the kind of guy that we're dealing with here when it comes to the old Dash. The old Dash. But that's not where we're actually going to start the chapters. At the beginning of chapter 19, Avaro sends a menial. Thankfully, Avaro doesn't say anything. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, Avaro does not show up here. He's our favorite baby-talking Rodian. Yep. He kind of talks like if Baby Spice was a Rodian. Yeah. and he is not here. Instead, he just sends a menial, which is kind of a kind of a reductive term for whoever that character is. Basically, he just kind of wants Leia to know that, like, 
the Black Sun representative has shown up to, I guess, meet with her for whatever reason, because her whole wanting to meet up with Black Sun is still incredibly nebulous. Yeah. she's. It's like... It's like you. I feel like I'm the DM of of an RPG, and and Leia is a player who's like trying to generate an adventure hook out of nothing, huh. and she's like, "Oh, I'll just go talk to this guy. He probably has something." And the it, DM the whole time's like, "No," and like, "All right, well, uh, the guy says he could probably put you in contact. It'll take a long time, and nothing will happen though." And they're like, "Oh, good, I'll stay." Yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll wait around. No, you don't understand. That's you, which you should. There, you, you realize there's an entire civil war going on right now, right? Yeah, but this is important. You guys don't want to go in the dungeon, you know, the one where the empire is. You guys, I got this. I got this whole planet of empire guys. You could go over there and fight him. No, no, no. We need to talk to this dude. We'll hang out in this tavern until that dude shows up. <laughs> so, uh, DM finally caves. It's like, yeah, fine, whatever. A guy right, shows. They up. show up. They tell you to go to the empire planet. What do you know? <laughs> No, I am not railroading Jerry. It's called building to a story. <laughs> anyway, a, a menial arrives to let them know that Guri will be here shortly. And again, I don't like that term. I can call him a page or a messenger or something. Menial just kind of, it's just, it's awfully reductive. Also, why send a guy, this is the fucking Star Wars universe, be like, hey, uh, here's... Is a message that came across the wire or whatever. I fucking phoned you. I don't care. The amount of time that you could spend in this book alone describing how characters have to fly to different planets to talk to each other in person and how they can sometimes send each other emails or hollows and sometimes they can't and sometimes they have to send a man. It's insane. It makes no sense. No, there's there's really no rhyme or reason beyond Steve Perry was like, well, I really need for this scene for these two guys to be together. So there's a scanning probe and you can't send a message great the sure. empire will hack you if you try to send a message over the oh, interwebs excuse me, they'll slice you oh, i'm sorry that's right they'll slice you they'll slice you like a dull sword on a micro diode lead they will definitely slice you like a copper knife through a tomato <laughs> but uh but sometimes it's okay to send messages like lando can do it i guess because he knows how to get around slicing i whatever so uh to the, yeah, to the, the author's credit, at least Avaro isn't here, so we don't. I, this might be the end of Avaro. We might not get another appearance with with Avaro. Ah, no, no more weird speech impediment, Avaro. Yeah, I mean, as much as I didn't like trying to read his dialogue, I'm gonna miss him because at least he was kind of a no nonsense character. Because at least he was a Rodian, <laughs> and you know what? Any Rodian in a storm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there. It, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking, God bless the broken Rodian. <laughs> Life is a Rodian, I want to ride it. <laughs> Hold on, I've got this this porn idea for you. <laughs> All right, so the ro- the menial is there to basically say, hey, would you guys like a room so you can meet with Guri? And they're like, no, because we don't trust Avaro. We'll have her meet us at a random hotel room. Incidentally, could you tell her boss, to le- uh, your boss, to let Guri know to meet us at the next chance, which is a different casino, which is like, hey, we don't trust you. We think you'll screw with things. This is where we'll be staying instead. Yeah. I I mean, you have to tell them where to go. I, I Do you? Couldn't you just have Guri contact them via the phone or something? Like, okay, have Guri call us at this number. I mean, granted, I guess there's no way around it. It's no. just It just feels silly. But okay, so we're going to have Guri meet us at some other casino called the next chance. 
And I guess it's going to happen pretty much right away because the very next thing that happens is Leia and Lando and Chewie leave uh, Avaro's casino and go out for a walk among the casino nights. Yeah, they're, they got to walk to the next casino where I, I guess it's scary for, to walk from casino to casino on Rodeo. There's like a whole like chat or paragraph dedicated to telling us how like, oh, only the most horrifying of the murders show up on the front page of the hollow news. Oh, yeah. They're always like, oh, and the back page is just full of all the murders that happen and walking from one casino to the next is almost as bad as being in a firefight. You're like, really? Because, I mean, if there's one thing the casinos would be really interested in, it's making sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. One of the safest places in the world that you can be is the streets of the New Strip in Las Vegas. Yeah, like, I mean, no casino is like, oh, yeah, we want to let people dick around and make uh, anyone not want to come in and spend money in our casino. If you try and dick around on the streets of Vegas, you are done. Well, notably, I mean, this is an actual statistic. Vegas in the, on the New Strip is the safest place in the world to have a heart attack huh. because they have the fastest EMT responses and all of the casinos have highly trained EMT and, and uh, defibrillator response teams in them. Like, the worst place to have a heart attack is, like, the streets of New York in the United States because it takes forever for a hospital to get there, and most of the people will just spit on you. <laughs> but uh, Vegas is like, oh, God, is, it, is any of our money dying? Save it. Save the money. <laughs> oh, God. So so the idea that these huge Rodian mega casinos are super dangerous to walk from one to the next is just fucking stupid. Yeah. But sure, whatever. They go to the next chance. Anyway, I guess they make it there without rolling a one in six chance for a random encounter, so they don't have to fight, like, six thugs and a thug leader. Yeah, I do love that it spends all this time being like, it's so dangerous, and everyone gets murdered, and in the background I hear someone scream, and then it's cut off. Anyway, we got there, and there was no problems. Like, oh, well, what? okay. All right, well, I get. thanks for setting the scene, I, I, I guess. I mean... If there was one thing I was worried about in this book, it's that they wouldn't be able to walk from one casino to the next casino. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I was really worried about. Again, you know, if you're playing a game and you're, you're uh, the guy who's running is like, you go into the dark alley and you can hear the sounds of the street and there's definitely a feeling like this is where someone would get mugged. Anyway, you walk through it. Okay, so... <laughs> Doo-dee-doo-dee-doo. <laughs> you're like, Wait a minute, what? Why? It's a, well, it's just atmosphere. It's fine. The, uh, okay, so... <laughs> God damn it. I Basically, at this point, they get to the other casino, and they have about 10 minutes to set up. So Le- Leia has Lando go and hide in one spot, and Chewie hide a different spot, and 3PO stand in one area. It, she's kind of trying to do that, like, let's make sure the DM can't get any tra- away with any traps thing. Oh, it's it's 100% anyone who's played Shadowrun That's, or any, yeah. any paranoia-based game. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, hold on. Hold on, I'm going to be here, and you're going to be over there, and you're going to be in this place. You're going to stand there. I've got a signal. Now, if I blink twice, that means I want you to come out and shoot. If I blink once, it means I need you to poison her. Now, if I blink three times, I need you to bring me a pot. And you're like, what the fuck now, is going on? If I blink once, followed by a pause, followed by two rapid blinks, then I need you to bring out a pot with poison in it. <laughs> This is getting confusing. All right, two blinks followed by one blink followed by another blink. <laughs> yeah, the the whole plan of like, okay, you're going to hide in this room, Lando, and then Chewie's, Chewie's going to be in the hallway. I don't understand the point of Chewie being in the hallway. Oh, I think it's just because she's keeping the dog out of the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, I think you're not allowed to be on the furniture, that, that's Chewie. Her. She's just like, I'd let you in the hotel room, Chewie, but you get your hair on my bed. 
Sorry, sorry, Chewy. The, the hotel has a strict no pets rule, <laughs> and the hotel completely doesn't. The hotel's like, no, there's Wookies on like every floor here. <laughs> no, no, no. You heard, you heard the, you heard the nice hotel man, Chewbacca. <laughs> now, now, Chewbacca, get in your kennel. I'm amazed she isn't constantly shooting him with a squirt bottle throughout the course of these books. <laughs> no, bad Chewbacca. You stay in the hallway. You stay in the hallway. <laughs> uh. Anyway, this is just the dumbest thing because her whole thing is like, oh, the element of surprise. I'll meet her, but I'll have Chewbacca hide and Lando hide. She won't expect that. It's like, yes, she will. You met with Avaro with Chewbacca and Lando, and you don't trust Avaro. You think that she doesn't know that Lando and Chewbacca are there? Yeah, like if. If I show up and I was like, oh, it's just the droid and Leia, obviously I'm going, okay, well, where's the other two? Yeah, it's the first thing you're thinking is, oh, where are the, where's your uh, Wookiee? I know you We're, have a Wookiee. Well, especially because you're like, oh, that's your muscle. You've got some scoundrel and a Wookiee. And obviously, if they're not there at the meeting, you're like, oh, they're hiding somewhere. Yeah, they've got guns trained on me. Duh. Anyway, we never actually get to see Guri in this scene because as soon as the door opens for Guri to come out, we cut away. Oh, good dramatically to Luke and Koth Milan. Yeah, this is when we find out that uh, Dash Rendar has completely lost his ability to function as a human being. Yeah, he is not d- good at dealing with failure. Like, if this game had merits and flaws, this would be a really big flaw for him. Oh, yeah, because it's not just like, oh, man, I I can't believe I missed. That's crazy. He's, like, completely despondent. He can't respond to anything he's just staring off into the distance like it takes three tries calling his name for him to even be like oh what so we get our brief description of the death star plans in this scene apparently the they keep being described as being in a computer uh, but the computer is just like a briefcase with like three buttons on the side of it uh it's but it's and it's like briefcase sized so i guess that's just in the future the of uh star wars computers are you know, 70s-style briefcases with a couple of buttons on them, and they only do one thing, which in this case is hold the plans to the Death Star 2. Well, yeah, I mean, those are big plans. It's a big-ass battle station. <laughs> I wonder if I could fit the plans to the Death Star on my fucking cell phone. Well, like, I don't I, know. I feel either. like 100% yes, I could. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's a lot of plans. It is a lot of plans. I'm not saying it's not, but the Internet's a big goddamn place. <laughs> the Internet is a big place. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, God damn it, Dash is just sitting there moping away. He's like, I, th- I could have sworn I hit it, man. I could have sworn I hit it. I did. Oh, what? And what? both Luke and Koth are just like getting on with the program. They've seen enough death already. Yeah, they're like, okay, well, let's go get this but, to some Bothans that can do whatever. Well, this is fucking dumb. He, Koth is like, all right, so we can't open this ourselves because it'll be encrypted in such a way that if we try to open it, it'll delete itself. So we need to take it to some hackers. Well, right now we're on Bothawui, the Bothan homeworld, where I've got a huge amount of Bothans at work for me, and Bothans are famous for being slicers and hackers and junk like that. But you need to go to Cothless, a different Bothan planet. Though I guess it's the hacker planet? Yeah, that's where they hacked the planet. That's where the planet hacking takes place, or the slicing, I guess. Yeah. You can't, Slice the planet! We, we can't get this done on Bothawui. You have to go on another ship ride. Also, can I just say how much I want a remake of Hackers called Slicers, and it's set in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> like, give me that entire weird, ridiculous techno soundtrack, but also tie it into Star Wars somehow. I can see that. Yeah, you get like that orbital song, except instead of Halcyon and on and on, it's just called like Tatooine and on and on. 
Uh, yeah, I'd I mean, be, okay, I'm on board. You give me, you give me Matthew Lillard all aliened up, and I'm G to G. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with that. Although I'm not 100 percent sure that he wasn't an alien in the hackers movie anyway. <laughs> I'm not 100% certain that Matthew Lillard isn't just an alien. Yeah, but I'm trying, at the moment, I am trying to remember Matthew Lillard's character in Hackers. And as I recall, he's basically dressed as if a 17 year old boy was obsessed with Pippi Longstocking in that movie. Am I, am I right? Is, well, I mean, come on. What 17 year old boy isn't obsessed oh, with Pippi Longstocking? Pippi Longstocking, famous kind of strong character who lives in an abandoned house with a horse and a monkey. Uh, I mean, I'm almost there myself, so... <laughs> you just need that horse and monkey. Look, folks, if we hit $1,500 on the Patreon, John will get a horse and a monkey, and he'll teach a, car- a series of local 10-year-old children a bunch of life lessons about ignoring adult authority figures and having ice cream parties whenever you want. <laughs> I mean, I'm basically doing that now anyway, so... <laughs> hey, local kids, have hey. ice cream whenever you want. Hey, kid, you know what sucks? Parents, you know what's great? Ice cream. Never learning to read. <laughs> I hate it. Doesn't do anything but for you. But I'm just you. saying, that's that's what Matthew Lillard's look in that movie was. He had side ponytails, or pigtails, and giant overalls. <laughs> His character was oh. weird looking. We just don't remember it because, you know, you have to deal with uh, Angelina Jolie in that movie as a white bodysuit Vulcan for some reason. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think Hackers as Slicers would be a great movie. I think, I think we could probably just get Fisher Stevens to play the exact same character. How rad would Fisher Stevens be as a Star Wars guy? How rad? Very rad. So rad. <laughs> so goddamn rad. Also, I bet you Pendulette's still willing to do a two-minute cameo <laughs> just because the movie is shot in Vegas. I bet you Pendulette is willing to do anything for money. <laughs> <laughs> it's guaranteed and confirmed. <laughs> so, okay, sure enough, Luke's going to head to Cothless, and he immediately susses out that Dash is worthless now, so he just sends Dash off to Rhodia to tell Leia what's going on. He's like, why don't you go tell Leia we got some information? All right, Dash, huh? Can you can you do that, Dash? I feel like at a certain point, I know he's sending Dash because he can't just call Leia because the Empire, right? Yeah. But at a certain point, when Dash's known, very modified YT-2400 light freighter, the Outrider, is known to have flown to Tatooine from Jar, then from Tatooine to Bothawui, then from Bothawui to Rhodia, they're going to start putting together that he is doing something. Uh. Like, at a certain point, just his movements are sending a ridiculous message. Well, who knows? He's he's a lone wolf mercenary, and he does whatever he pleases. He's a dashing wild card with a heart of napalm. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a heart full of thermal detonators, and he's a street-walking Vornsker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good. I like that. That was nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to come up with the Cheetah equivalent of Star Wars off the top of my head. Yeah. I was, I was pleased with it. <laughs> I mean, I could have said street-walking Gundark, but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. Most Gundarks walk the street. That's not a very impressive, really. <laughs> Most Gundarks? You're so racist. <laughs> Put that shit on a shirt. Not all Gundarks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's what's going to happen. Uh, Dash is going to head to Rhodia. Luke is going to head to Cothless. Meanwhile, Leia is finally getting to meet Guri. Hooray! And wouldn't you know it, it starts with about a page of her describing Guri as hot. Guri came in. I was like, damn, I ain't into chicks or nothing, but I'd do her. I wouldn't kick her out of bed. I'd fuck her with Lando or Han's dick. <laughs> Basically, what we I guess the scene is to set how Guri is dressed, because that's super important. We don't get to hear how Leia is dressed in any of these scenes, but 
But Guri, we have to know, is wearing a, I guess, a black one-piece bodysuit, which the book describes as a thin skin. I guess. And she's also wearing some pebbly belt, uh, like a pebbly red leather belt, some nice boots, and a cloak. And no gun. And she walks with the appearance of a professional dancer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them dancing girls. One of them pole dancers, too. Oh, yeah, I should have had this hotel room installed with a dance pole. Oh, a little something for daddy. So the two of them sit down, and we enter into what maybe is ten lines of actual conversation. But it's three pages of uh, just the following three things. Every time anyone says something, we get two paragraphs on one of the following three topics. Uh, explaining what basic spy intrigue is. Oh, like, I've, super I've got I've to not come directly out and say what I want. I've got to do niceties, and then we, we should suss out what we want. Listening to Leia explain how she likes talking to another woman. Oh, finally, getting to talk to someone. It's been so long. Uh, all these men and males. And then describing what Guri is doing with all the attention to detail of a Tex Avery wolf cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she, she leaned back seductively. and She didn't seem to care at all. She was so calm. And then I pounded on my table and my heart jumped out of my chest and my eyes bugged way out and I went, Auga! <laughs> no, that's that's Chewy. He's a wolf. Come on. Chewy is a wolf. Uh, basically, here's the whole sussing out. Uh, uh, there's all this intrigue nonsense, but here are the basic notes of what's happening in this conversation. Leia is trying to engage Black Sun as a useful tool for the Alliance with no prior knowledge of why she would or what use she would get out of them. So she's just sort of like, uh, I heard that Black Sun gathers intelligence role percentile. <laughs> yeah, the whole conversation is like, hey, what what do you, do you like dinosaurs? And like, there's nothing. She's just has one point where she asks like, oh, do you guys collect information? And then the rest of it is just niceties. And yeah. that's it. And then Guri's like, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah, Guri is 100% like, I don't give a fuck what you're trying to do This here. is some bullshit. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I just don't care. There are a few notable moments here I wanted to discuss. Uh, first of all, Leia doesn't even know the name of the card game that Lando's been playing. She has to call it Lando's Card Game. Well, yeah, it also doesn't know the name of what Chewie's been playing. It's Chewie's Board Game. Yes, Lando's Card Game and Chewie's Board Game, which I... The book doesn't say this, but all I can pull out of that, based on everything I've read from this book so far, is that she doesn't know because knowing the names of games is a man thing to do. (laughs) Uh, If she knew about what these gambling games were called, then my goodness, she might be a scoundrel herself. Just say Serbak. That's the friggin' Star Wars poker. Everyone knows it. I know it, and I don't live in Star Wars times. (laughs) Man... (laughs) Also, I gotta say, I love the idea that one of the main gambling things you can do is a board game. Yeah. Like, if I could go play Power Grid or some shit for money, that would be great. Well, it's crazy, because that board game must have a lot of random elements built into it. Because otherwise, if you could, if it was a 100% skill-based board game, like, if Chewie was out there playing chess for money, then that would be some bullshit in, a lo- in like, a Vegas-style casino. Oh, yeah. So presumably that game must have a lot more randomness to it than we thought it did. I guess it's like a 40K or something where you have to roll a lot of D6s. <laughs> yeah, just the computer does it for you. Yeah. I didn't lose. My dice fucking lost. This was <sighs> cheap as shit. When my next codex comes out, you're going to fucking be sorry. <laughs> right now, go, uh, Gundark Army nerfed into the ground. Am I right? Eh, guys. 
<laughs> Back me up. Gundarks are clearly the Dark Eldar army of forty of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> So, and then a couple other things happen here. First of all, Guri has an answer she gives where she says that Black Sun is considering going legit. Yeah. Where, where Leia's like, I don't even know if we really want to work with you guys because you're criminals. And Guri's response isn't, then why did you call me and spend three days hanging around a casino, dipshit? It's, well, we've been thinking about going legit, honestly. So oh, much of our profits is from normal business and shipping that why would we even do criminal activities? We'd make a perfect partner for the Alliance as a result. And Leia's like, yeah, that's a good answer. Instead of, oh, oh, so if you stop doing crimes, you aren't guilty of the crimes you did already. <laughs> I, f- I forgot that that's how that works. <laughs> well, of course that's how that works if you're a business. Yeah, you just say, oh, sorry. Our pizzas are new and improved and no longer contain rat parts. Oh, yeah. All you need to do is go, oh, that was just uh, that was just some guy. That was Shizor. Shizor's gone now, though, so we're completely fine now. <laughs> so, uh, and then finally, Guri lets it drop during this scene that uh, Black Sun has just leaked the location of the Death Star plans to the Alliance. Yeah. She doesn't say that Luke is personally getting them. She just says that the Alliance now knows where they are as a result of Black Sun interference. Yeah, doesn't doesn't mention Death Star by name, but just some very important plans. Yeah. And then she gets up and leaves, and she's like, hey, I've got, like, some moon business to attend to or whatever. I don't know. I've got moon business. I've got pressing moon business. I'm real bored with this conversation, and I gotta go. I, I, gotta, I gotta go. And just stretches her arms out. Well, time to be hitting the old dusty trail. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what happens here. She says she'll be back in three to four days to keep the conversation rolling. Yeah. And then she leaves. Uh-huh. And then we have a time-tested thing that happens in these in this book over and over again, which is a convocation of Star Wars characters you have heard of that have gathered so that they can exhort or exult in the amazingness of Star Wars characters you've never heard of. Huh. So in this case, it's Lando and Chewie and 3PO get to have their say about how amazing Guri is. Oh my goodness, it... She even worried Chewbacca. That was the worst. Oh, and Wookiees aren't known to get nervous easily. There's something about her. So Lando says, uh, this is a direct quote, she's so cool, you could stack ten ice cubes on her head and they wouldn't melt. (laughs) Also, I would love to see that. (laughs) I would absolutely love to see that. I'll tell you what I liked about that is that I guess ice cubes are still called ice cubes in Star Wars. Yeah. I would have figured they'd have a dumb, you know, like, like fridge discs or something. They'd have... They'd have some new name that they'd use because of yeah. everything else we've seen in this book. Or at least they'd be described as like Tatooinian ice cubes. No, they'd, they'd be Hothian like froze cubes. Yeah, Hothian froze squares. <laughs> Delicious Hothian froze squares for your breakfast. <laughs> They're sugar frosted and also regular frosted. <laughs> it's just frosting with marshmallow wampas in every bite. Dude, I want marshmallow wampas. Fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> And our tauntauns taste good on the inside. (laughs) Real bad on the outside, though. (laughs) Okay, so Hoth cereal is definitely a thing that we want now, isn't it? Yeah, that's all white cereal with all white marshmallows and one black probe droid in every box. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you find the black probe droid, and it's like getting the star on the Tootsie Roll Pop thing. Like, you think you get an extra free box of cereal, but you don't. It's just that the star is a random printed thing. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I found the droid, woo! Well, you win a prize if you open up the box and the probe droid goes, that's that's how you know that you just won a free trip to Universal Studios Florida or something. Yeah. So, (laughs) all right, moving on. 
Fremen so, on the Fram Fram. <laughs> Fremen on the Fram Fram. Fremen on the Fram. Yeah. Uh, so that's what Lando thinks. Lando's like, man, she's so attractive and she's so cool. You could stack ice cubes on her head. And then 3PO has to be like, I could not detect what accent she is speaking in. And I am fluent in over six billion accents. And it's like, all I could think was, wouldn't that make her more conspicuous as a secret robo if she speaks in an accent that no one's ever encountered before? Yeah, the weird thing about this is, like, everyone there is thinking, there's something wrong with this person. I can't place where they're from. I can't place anything about them. Uh, she seems, like, non-human, completely strange for some reason. And I kept going, man... That's a shitty replica bot you got then. Yeah, that, that thing should cost way more, less than 11 million credits if the first thing you think on looking at it is, ew, something's wrong with this. Yeah, I'm like, man, you did not get over that uncanny valley. You straight up sent a real doll to go talk to people. How much more complicated do you think it was to give it an untraceable accent than just a coruscant, a coruscant accent? Right? How much was it to be like, no, I need you to get like four people together and make up a new accent and I have want, them do that? I want like a bespoke custom accent for my droid. It's kind of like when you're starting up a new business and you're like, well, what we need is an, our own font. <laughs> Why would you want that? It makes it makes her more conspicuous. If she sounded like she was from Coruscant, everyone would be like, yeah, she's one of the three trillion people that live on Coruscant. Yeah, man, just give her like uh, an American accent or a British accent or the Snoop Dogg package. Yeah, you know, either a rebel accent or an empire accent. <laughs> yeah, or the Snoop Dogg package. Or the Snoop Dogg package. Well, she might have a Snoop Dogg package. That thing could just be installed whenever you want. Oh, yeah. You just hit a button, and all of a sudden, Gruy's like, What's up for shizzle, my shizzle? <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. Oh, and then, yeah, uh, Chewbacca growls something. Leia stands there for a moment before finally going, Fine, who's going to tell me what he said? Who's going to translate what the dog just barked? And 3PO says, he seems, She makes him nervous. And he, she has to be like, nothing makes a Wookiee nervous. That's weird. Nothing makes a Wookiee nervous except going to the vet. <laughs> the V-E-T. <laughs> when, I, when I get out that little carrier, that makes a Wookiee nervous. <laughs> oh, man, nothing makes a Wookiee nervous, but the really little Wookiees are always nervous. <laughs> Just shivering while you hold them and carry them around. Oh, my God. I want to see a Chihuahua Wookiee so bad now. A Chihuahua? A Chihuahua. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's that's the scene. It's the scene of all three of them standing around going, wow, Guri is an amazing character. I sure wish I had thought of and written Guri. <laughs> oh, all right, fine. Uh, and that is the end of Chapter 19. There you go. Chapter 20. Let's us visit with Sheezor. Finally, back into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> back into the money of this podcast. <laughs> we get to visit with Sheezor. And what is Sheezor doing? Why, he's doing his favorite thing in the world, sitting quietly in his own bedroom while watching spy cam holovids of women he is stalking. Yes. He is just furiously stalking Leia and... Uh, talking to Guri, because that's what Guri went off to do. Instead of moon business, it's go report to Shizor. Yeah. But she has the full, like, vid of what happened, and he's just sitting there like, oh my, yes, that little smile that Leia has, so good. Maybe I'll make a giant picture of it and put it up. Too bad it's not in the nude, but I'll get that later. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're the worst. Oh, for Christ's sake. 
Just Google Princess Leia naked and just take one of the fakes that exists and deal with it, you giant perv. <laughs> just go to rule34.com and get your rocks off already. Look, she's or there's a movie called Shampoo that she made in 1975 with Warren Beatty. This is the only favor I'm ever going to do with do for you. <laughs> just, just Google that shit up because she walks around in a tight tennis shirt and I think she gets her top off at one point. I don't know. The movie's really boring. Well, it's from the 70s, it's obviously. It's from 1975, and it stars Warren Beatty. What were you hoping for? <laughs> I was really hoping for some wood-paneled sheriff's office. You're going to get them, and a lot of stuff done in tennis courts. Nice. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go, Shizor. That's where you find Carrie Fisher with her baps out. Otherwise, shut the fuck up, you creepy feline. And I love that in this, like, Guri's just like, yo, uh, they they want to know about information we've got. I think they know we're involved with going after Luke Skywalker. Let me straight up murder them. Yeah. Let me just go in there, kill everybody, probably Avaro, probably anyone they've ever talked to. Yeah. And she's always just sitting there, not even looking up from the picture for like a second. And it's just like, mm, no, bring her to me that I might fondle her. And then she'll fall in love with me. And then you'll be jealous, won't you, you robo? Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Oh, God. It's, I mean, we've made a lot of what she's or is, but he's very much a horrible nerd that came into a lot of money and now he's like yes all of my fantasies come true oh my god is he the notch of star wars oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. fucking she's or is the notch of star wars universe and he's like uh red pill these women today bring me a new one i'm worth six billion dollars and my house is full of candy yet i find no happiness <laughs> Uh, but I, I enjoy that Guri's response when he's like, no, I just want to get my bone on with Princess Leia is like, hey, uh, how about you don't do that because being romantically interested in someone makes you a big dumb idiot. And, and he's, he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm too cool and reptilian for that. Oh, good. He actually says, I walk the cold road. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is that a Robert Frost poem or a Metallica song? <laughs> is that... <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that White Snake? I think I Walk the Cold Road is definitely a White Snake song, yes. But yeah, he, he basically is just like, no, bring her to me that I might turn orange and touch upon her. <laughs> it's just He's just getting creepier every time we see him. I, I want to touch her boobies, I mean, Guri. I mean, think about it. At this point, he's making his sex droid listen to him describe how he plans to rape some other lady while he sits in a bathrobe in his room full of furniture that can talk and stares at a picture of Princess Leia that he took it with a spy cam. Like, he... Do you remember the movie Blank Check? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> now imagine that kid is older and still creepy, but has that whole, like, I've got a house with a water slide and 20 TVs. Well, he's hitting the point where he's like the protagonist of the movie The Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. Where they install the spy cams in the sorority, and you're supposed to be on their side. Yeah, where it's just horrible stalker rapey nonsense and you're like oh these are the protagonists these are the good guys oh they installed a bunch of cameras in women's in a, like some women's house 
and, and we're still supposed to be like, yeah, you go, you nerds. You definitely invade privacy and masturbate to women who have no idea. You deserve this because you've been put upon because for someone a while. made fun of you. Yeah, they, remember you remember that? You remember when uh, those those jocks showed up outside your house and sang "Old MacDonald Had a Farm" at you? What could be worse? <laughs> yeah, it's it's straight up aw, but. We're such nice guys that we deserve this. Yeah. Ugh. Well, anyway, that's Shizor. And uh, that's the end of that. Meanwhile, further things happen in Chapter 20. Luke arrives in the Cothless area. It is extremely boring. Yeah. He just kind of pops in and goes, okay, Cothless is the fourth of seven planets, and it has three moons. <laughs> yeah. He straight up just reads the pamphlet on Cothless out. Yeah. And, and he's like, and also the Imperial Navy is not here. Good thing, huh, R2? Beep, boop, boop, wow. I don't know what you said, R2, but I like the way you said it. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of me. And then... Boy, this planet sure smells like old cheese. We're, we're actually like three chapters away from him. Or not three chapters, but a while away from descri- him describing the planet. <laughs> he hasn't gotten there yet. He's still just floating around near it in a scene that is completely pointless. Oh, my God. Also, Vader... Speaking of pointless scenes... Yes. Vader hears, via one of his spies, that Shizor is meeting with the Emperor right now. He is grumpy about this, so he calls for one, no, two of his dueling droids. End of scene. That's it. It's just Vader going like, fucking Shizor, bring me something to fight. Yeah, I need to do some rage fucking, I mean, fighting. Can you bring me a couple of uh, some of my droids? Bring the ones that have holes in them around dick high, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I went there. Great mascot for dick high. All right, so that's what's that's all. That is all we're going to get of Vader in this entire three chapter. Oh yeah, no, Vader has a single small paragraph where he's like, "Oh, I don't like that guy." Anyway, goodbye. I dislike that Shizor. It's just another variation on the characters who you've heard of from Star Wars. Stop to think about characters you've never heard of. Yeah, it's all that Shizor. He's got one over on me right now. Oh, I hope no one picks up his action figure two-pack at Target where he's shooting some sort of lasers at the Emperor while the Emperor shoots lightning back at him. Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> There's like five toy collectors out there right now. They're like, oh my God, I remember that. I he have that. that. He had like blue laser claws. That was what they gave Shizor. <laughs> Dude, I want blue laser claws. Who doesn't want fucking blue laser claws? Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Shizor, the villain who watches TV, is watching some TV with the Emperor. Uh. So he's over at Sheev's place, and I assume they're gruffling some round table and, and kicking back MGDs because it's Sheev's house. Yeah. But we don't get to hear any of that. Instead, they're just chilling on a couple of lazy boys and watching footage of the Y-Wings and X-Wing attacking poop ship Alpha. <laughs> Uh, which is my name for the Suprosa, I want to say. The, I, I don't know. The, Whatever the fertilizer transport The fertilizer was. transport ship. I think it was the Suprosa, but we're going to go with Poop Ship Alpha. Yep. That's good. So they're watching the attack on Poop Ship Alpha, which the Emperor gets bored of like immediately. He's like, I don't care. Eh, just just turn this off. I, I think there's a fight on. <laughs> uh, come on. It's, it's Mayweather versus a giant droid. <laughs> Oh, I am The droid it. doesn't have any boxing protocols, though. <laughs> Normally, that droid's for kick fighting. It's one of, it's one of Vader's kick droids. <laughs> one of them kick droids. <laughs> uh, I paid a hundred bucks for it on, pa- on uh, pay-per-view. Why are you making me watch this stupid spaceship thing? 
no, but watch. Uh, all goes according to plan. You see, uh, I'm Shizor, and this is all according yeah, yeah, to yeah, Kaikaku, yeah. which means plan in Japanese. <laughs> <In> Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Battlestar Galactica. Let's move on with this. Yeah, that's some great nerd shit you got there. Let's go. Can we turn it off before season four where they start singing friggin' all along the watchtower and one of them's an angel or something? I hate that shit. <laughs> all right. So they're basically it. This is the, a scene where the emperor is like, you better have a reason for this. She's Yeah, because the whole thing is we find out, oh, the empire knew about the fact that they were going to give the plans to the rebels and. The reason that ship had some weapons is because they didn't want it to seem too easy. And it's just layers and layers. He's just telling Shizor to, to be careful because this was all Shizor's idea. And Shizor has a good metaphor to describe exactly how careful he is. And it's my favorite metaphor to read about in a book. <laughs> a juggling metaphor. Because yep. all it is is about a paragraph of Shizor describing his exceptional ball-handling abilities. Ah, yes. Someone might think that I was on the verge of disaster, but they don't know how good I am at handling balls. I can handle more balls than any man because I have the dexterity and the willpower to keep those balls moving. Oh, they never stop. I'll keep those balls in my hands as long as I want. Just when you think all those balls are going to spill, that's when I reveal my secret technique to keep them from spilling longer and longer until they're ready to spill at my command. <laughs> those balls. <laughs> every time. Every time there's a juggling metaphor. Uh, yep. I absolutely loved it. Came across that paragraph and I'm like, this is gold. Thank you Shizor for telling me about how good you are with balls. I have the will and determination to handle balls in a way that no one is in terms of handling balls i'm a bold and unpredictable new talent oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good anyway that's the end of that meanwhile leia is planning to get her second meeting with guri and to do so they are installing a device in it, the door it's a like hyper sensor it's some sensor that is not just like oh there's someone here it's like i will read your body temperature and your heartbeat, and I'll tell, like, what's going on with your skin condition. If you've got any, like, ailments, I know what species you are. Yeah, and, and she's, like, saying, is that thing even going to work to Chewbacca, who's installing it in a door? And Chewbacca just growls at her. <laughs> Chewbacca basically gives her the Wookiee finger. Yeah. He's like, if it doesn't work, it's not because it wasn't installed correctly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get off my back. You don't even have treats. <laughs> You give me a Daniel ham, we'll talk about installing your dumb scanner. <laughs> Look, you got you got any of that bacon that's good for my joints? Great. <laughs> no? Then get out. <laughs> oh, man, if there's one thing he needs, it's some of that dog treat stuff that's really... <laughs> so that glucosamine chondroitin shit. <laughs> no, but... Uh, also, Lando pops in to, to point out that, yes, indeed, the scanner was very expensive and that it is a Dopre Magno scanner. And that's all one word. Dopre Magno, which is not the name of a scanner. It is the name of a crazy Finnish inventor. <laughs> Dopre Magno. Hello, I am Dopre Magno. <laughs> I have invented a bicycle that kills you. Yes. <laughs> Man, at the end there, you really went kind of Mario with that. <laughs> I've invented a bicycle that kills you. <laughs> okay. Okie dokie. Do Dopre Magno number one. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Dopre Magno isn't a word. It's a name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. But all that means is that they've already figured out that Guri's not a human, and now they've dedicated all their time to figuring out what the fuck she is. Yeah, they're like, which, what's her deal? Who cares? All you want to do is get her to lead you to Black Sun. Just go through the route. It doesn't matter if she's a weird alien. She was probably going to be a weird alien. She works for Black Sun. Also, I, ju- I mean, I know that they find out, like, oh, you're some kind of weird droid. Okay, great. But, so, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. And yet it's the only thing this second meeting appears to be about as far as Leia is concerned. It's like, oh, we need to find out what's going on. Like, what if they went, oh, turns out she's actually just a human from a, she's got a weird dialect that comes from some planet that we haven't heard about. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We spent, like, 100,000 credits on some scanner so we could figure out dick. Yeah. It turns out you're a human. Like, what surprise were they hoping to land here? Like, because what happens is eventually is the Guri just try, gives up, gets bored, and tries to kidnap Leia during this meeting. But what if it had it gone the way they planned and they were like, well, what you didn't know is that we've been scanning you the entire time and we find found out that you have adult onset diabetes. We're so sorry. I'm so sorry. Also, our, our scanner found a lump. <laughs> you, should, you should get that checked out. I, I'm gonna, we're going to let you go because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't I understand I understand why it's in there from the book because fucking Perry wants to have a big reveal to them so they can be like, oh, my goodness, why you're so awesome? Who could have ever thought of this? It would take a genius to think of someone like you, Guri. But in terms of what their actual plan is, I'm like, I guess. I mean, it tells you if she would have a weapon, but you already know she doesn't. Yeah, it's just it just seems utterly pointless. Anyway, before they get a chance to use it, uh, though they do get to use it, but they use it on Lando and Chewie and stuff. Yeah. And so Lando comes through and all the scanner says is Lando is older than he looks. <laughs> well, yeah. And Chewie is a Wookiee. You can't read this readout, can you, Leia? You don't know Wookiee nonsense. <laughs> She's like, ah, I don't know what any of this means, yeah. but I assume he's perfectly normal for a Wookiee. Well, according to all this information, at least he doesn't have Parvo or the mange. <laughs> he doesn't have them heartworms, so we're fine. <laughs> we're good. We're fine. Go ahead, Chewie. <laughs> Oh, it says here you haven't been fixed yet. Hmm. <laughs> Chewie's all like, I have a wife and a ridiculously terrible <laughs> child. <laughs> I have the worst child imaginable. You leave, you leave my dick out of this. <laughs> I wish I had been fixed. <laughs> it accidentally made itchy. <laughs> now if you'll excuse me, I need to go make itchy in the bathroom. That's what Wookiees call that. Uh, uh, but uh, we don't get a chance to meet Gurry just yet because instead they get a comlink call. Which, again, what? So now it's okay for them to get phone calls? Yeah. But this is the dumbest shit, because it's a comlink call from a spy at the airport that works for Lando. Yep. How Land- does he, he has a spy network here? Lando has a guy at the airport that is just telling him of stuff. Like, I don't know what he told him to call for. He's like, plane landed. Okay. Another plane landed. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> plane took off. <laughs> what did he tell him he needs to find out? Because... He tells them that Dash Rendar is there, but he's not expecting Dash to show up. No, he doesn't even know who Dash is. This is all very confusing. Like, Lando knows who Dash is, well, but he's not going he's like... I doesn't. Yeah, but he's not like, yo, spy, I need you to make sure you tell me if, like, this YT whatever shows up. And is like, hey, let me know if this Dash Rendar guy shows up because he's not expecting him so just randomly this spy happens to know who dash rendar is and happens to think that maybe he would be interested in it 
So they go to the airport to meet Mope Rendar, and he is very satting at them. He just teenagers at them really hard. Oh, he he is just saddy Dumpington all over the place. Yeah, he just dumps his sadness at them, and then they're all like, what happened to Luke? And he's like, Luke doesn't need my help. Mm. Boo. Uh, I, because yeah, my tail is held on with a pin. Uh, uh. Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> he says to the spy that called him in. <laughs> That's what's happening with him at the moment. And he's just, they try and talk to him, and he's just like, a bunch of Bothids died. Uh, it's my fault. Gah. Boo. So that's but, him. Yeah. And then Luke arrives on Cothless. And it smells like cheese, and it's got a big old room full of computers. Mm-hmm. It smells like moldy cheese, and Luke just spends some time musing on how every planet smells a little different. Yeah, of course, you know, if I've ever been on a hacker planet, I would assume it would smell like moldy cheese. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nerds, you heard me. You heard where it came from. Now, meanwhile, uh, God, so he gets taken into this big room full of hackers because we've just switched chapters now. We're in chapter 21, and the big room full of hackers is barely described because they're in there for about a second, uh, long enough for Koth Milan to show up and to say the following line. Uh, hey, how does this work, Koth? Got me. I'm a spy master. What I know about programming, you could inscribe on a microdiode lead with a dull sword. Good. Get to the point. What is this? Just more of the sparkling brevity and wit that you expect from Steve Perry characters, right there. <laughs> yeah. Remember the de- the uh, the one where they gave Lando the it, back in like chapter one of our sh- of our show where he was like, I understand because joke makes about fifteen paragraphs to get through, and I'm like a gun dark who's been introduced to a series of small but delightful plays about bu- about bugs, and then he goes to a farm and he meets a cowboy. <laughs> Double snaps. Yeah, the <laughs> the the fact that Koth, who is a spy master, is like, eh, I like to shoot the shit. I'm just here to hang out. I'm like, really? You're not a very professional spy master. He really isn't, which is fine. He dies here. Yeah. Uh, so oh, spoilers. I know. Uh, one of the hackers announces something about tarp hard xenon. Yep. THX. Hey now. Ooh. Hey, it's it's a thing for Lucas. It's a reference. And then uh, the doors get shot open and a bunch of dudes in black come piling in and start shooting at everybody. Hot, 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 hot. Meanwhile, Leia is having her second meeting with Guri. And she's sitting there across a desk from Guri with a computer in front of her that has the readout of the scanner on it in front of her. Yeah. There's no subtlety to this at all. Oh, you, but you can't see the readout from where Guri's sitting. Like, I guess if Guri stands up, she's just going to alt-tab back to the Drudge Report real quick or something. <laughs> just like, I wasn't looking at a readout about you. I was doing business work. I was doing business. I did a business. I did business uh, transactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that uh, it is so, like, I don't know where they put it. I think they put it, like into the table but it says that you can only see it if you're sitting where leia is which is weird yeah it well it's just that standard 70s future technology of the star wars world where things that should be super easy like oh this shit just uploads to the cloud and everyone can see it on their iphone has to be you have to be standing nearby with a briefcase and then you can look at the briefcase and it'll it'll display a hologram of super data <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the the readout she's like oh well you're not human, and your skin is 10 years old. Well, that, that's pretty much a dead giveaway that she's not human. 10-year-old human skin would be insanely weird. Skin lasts about six weeks. 
Yeah, it's not just saying, oh, this person is 10 years old from my scannings. It's your skin is 10 years old. Which means that her skin has never shedded or sloughed off in any way for 10 years. Yes. Like like I was saying, human skin is on you for about six weeks before it falls off. From conception to shedding, it lasts about six weeks, about a month and a half. She's had her same skin for 10 years. Man, let it go. That's gross, dude. Well, I mean... leathery. She probably smells like George Hamilton. (laughs) I'm sure she gets good wipe downs. <laughs> she she probably gets in that. They, I'm, I'm sure she's just machine washable. I mean, she's a robo. Oh yeah, you just you put that whole robo in uh, whatever that oil bath thing from uh, episode four was. Right. So let's let's talk real quickly about how this is the dumbest fucking thing ever because she takes this information that Guri isn't human and has ten year old skin, and she follows through on stage two of her plan, which is to try human poison on Guri. Yeah, her whole thing was like, oh well. We didn't find out anything, like, super useful, so what we're going to do is put a sleeping potion in her tea, and then when she passes out, we're going to, I don't know, prod her and find out what she is? Like, I don't know what their plan was. Their whole obsession with figuring out what she is over, you know, if she's useful to them is insane. And also, the first thing that they do after establishing that she's some sort of weird construct is, well, let's see if poison works. Yeah, it's... (laughs) What?! Like, oh, you're you're definitely not a human. Like, the scanner was straight up like, yo, this ain't a human. I don't know what is going on. Uh, and your your response was, well, let's try some sleeping potions and then see if that works. And then it doesn't. And it's supposed to be an onset of, like, five to eight minutes, and it's 20 minutes later. Yeah. Also, I want to talk about how when 3PO serves her the poisoned tea, he turns around to Leia and robo-winks at Leia. Yes, he straight robo-winks. He turns one of his eyelights off and back on. And keep in mind that that's a big deal for, for fucking 3PO, who less than d- like three days ago did not know what bluffing is. Oh, well, I assume that was just the, the signal. It was like, after you serve tea, turn one of your lights off and back on. <laughs> I'm surprised that he didn't give her the tea and be like, hello, Master Guri, and here is your poisoned tea that I am not supposed to mention is poison to you. If uh, you'll excuse me, I am now going to turn around and wink. Wink! I have just learned how to do this. <laughs> when I turn off one of my eyes, it says wink. <laughs> wink. He also said wink. <laughs> turns around, wink, Master Leia, wink. <laughs> Very good. So, anyway, Guri gets sick of this, because who wouldn't? It's amateur hour kindergarten bullshit. Oh, yeah. And she just stands up, crushes her teacup in one hand, and is like, all right, enough of this dumb shit. Leia, you're coming with me. We're going We're going to Black Sun. Just fucking, let's go. Let's go. I'll kill the Wookiee in the hallway if you don't have him stand down. This is some dumb bullshit. Why are you running this Bush League crap past me? <laughs> and Leia's like, oh, no. She knew about the Wookiee in the hallway, but did she know about the Lando in the closet? And, and, and the monster at the end of this book? Anyway, I guess she didn't, so now they've captured Guri at gunpoint. And Guri's like, all right, you dipshits, what do you want? What is this? What are you doing? What is going on? <laughs> what is your end game here? Can we just skip to the Z part of this plan? And they're like, huh, what is the Z part of this plan? What were we going to do? What is all? Man, we were so high when we planned this. <laughs> There's a whole section in the uh, supply manual where we're supposed to learn how to open a Tony Romas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is 100% some shadow run shit where they're like, all right, we had our whole plan. All right. The villain doesn't give a fuck and slaps you. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So they've captured her. Meanwhile, Luke is running away from explosions and dudes who were shooting at him. And uh, 
that that's what's happening. Oh, he does get a cool description of lightsaber fighting there. He actually, it's like he, yeah, he straight cuts a dude in half. He cuts a dude in half, and he weaves a curtain of hard light with his blade. Dude, I weave a curtain of hard light <laughs> with my blade. No, no I, I couldn't get no, there. You didn't. <laughs> Ooh, I had to dick. <laughs> that that is, that is indeed what I am trying to to get across here is that my dick is a curtain of hard light. An iron curtain of hard light has descended across my dick. I I don't know which where we're going with this. John. I have no, no idea what's is, happening. None of this here. is a thing. <laughs> anyway, he's running away from some dudes who are chasing him. Luke apparently just has endless time to think when he's being chased by gun dudes because he spends a lot of time going like, "Who are these guys? Why are they dressed in black?" That Leia sure is pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, his ability to be under ridiculous amounts of fire and go, huh, I wonder what species these guys are is amazing. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Uh, incidentally, during one of the two scenes of description of this, Koth Milan gets shot and dies. He sure does. So we lose our, our lovely Koth, Melanie Leah, long may he live. Oh, never mind. Uh, the spy master, Bothan, who died to give us this information. Indeed. So that's the end of him. Uh, and meanwhile, Luke definitely gets, gets captured by all these dudes in black, these mercenaries. It turns out that they are Barabel, which is a lizard species known in Star Wars for being basically like the lizard men of Star Wars. And being little individually wrapped cheeses. <laughs> yes, they're Bonnie Bells. <laughs> he gets taken out by a bunch of Bonnie Bell cheeses. Yeah. I know, but so Barabel are the third late lizard species. You've got your Faline, you've got your Trandoshans, and you've got your Barabel. Barabel are recognizable because they're very big, very burly, and have big fuck-off alligator tails, which you'd think Luke would notice <laughs> when he's like, who are all these dudes in black chasing me, and what are they? I, I guess I should probably mention that each one of them has a five-foot-long alligator tail. Nah. The the weird thing to me is when he was like, oh, they're scaly dudes with big teeth. I was like, oh, Trandoshans. He's being hunted by Trandoshans. Okay, I get you. I'm on board. And then he's like, Barabel. The fuck did you just say? Barabel are one of the things from like the RPGs and stuff, from like the old uh, West End Games D six RPG, because they needed some more space orcs. Oh, okay. You, know, you had enough Gamorians and and uh, whatever Klaatu or, Vara, or Barada, whatever those are. Uh, Weakway, that's what those are. Uh, Weakway, so, Weakway. It's it's the it's the leathery, wrinkly looking raisin men on Jabba's sail barge. Okay, yeah. So you had a couple, but you needed a few more bad guy races, you know. So Barabel were invented as a race of lizard people. I, I guess because Trandoshans were too cool. I guess. So ba- they're basically the Gorn of Star Wars. Okay. Uh, they look exactly like the Gorn of Star Trek. Uh, and in this case, the, the big difference with them is that they are strongly respectful of Jedi. Their whole, they have a whole cultural attachment to Jedi and like them. Which is weird. So when they capture Luke, they're like, hey man, you're a Jedi. We're, up to, we're into that. We like you. But, you know, there's a lot of money on your head, so we're going to capture you. Hope that's cool. Yeah. Hey, man, put that away. We do outnumber you. We don't want to hurt you, though. And that's the end of it. They have managed to capture Luke. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the last section that we need to talk about today, uh, <laughs> Guri, they're still trying to figure out what the fuck to do with her now that they've captured her. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, you know, all I was going to do is take you to the leader of Black Sun. So if you want to just do the thing I was going to do anyway. <laughs> like, you you keep saying that you want me to take you, like, you want to kidnap me and go to Coruscant to meet someone at Black Sun. I was going to do that without the kidnapping part. So That was all I was going to do. So if you just want to do that, then that'd be okay. And they're like, you know, gra- graciously accepting the DM, throwing out the adventure hook. Oh, okay, sure. 
but only Chewbacca and Leia are going to go. Wait a minute. Hold on. I don't trust you. Ugh, fucking. Go for Christ's sake. Okay, here. Let me let me have you talk to Shizor. All right. So someone roll a perception check. You determine that she is telling the truth. Can we move on? For the love of God. Well, what if she thinks she's telling the truth? All but- right. Guri breaks out of the cuffs and the things you've put her in and just tells you to fucking go with her. And indeed she does. And indeed they do. Chewbacca and Leia will go to Coruscant to meet with Shizor. Lando and Dash will stay on Rhodia to wait for Luke Skywalker. Which, let me just say, that's, of all the picks you could have to go with Leia, like, Chewbacca's the worst, because at least Dash or Lando are not, like, full-on known to be part of the Rebellion, whereas Chewbacca is... And is a big old Wookiee. Well, this is one of the few parts of the book I remember because it led to an action figure of Chewbacca with a flat top haircut. So I know what's about to happen. Oh, she says she'll provide disguises, but I'm like, dude, it's a Wookiee. What what are you talking well, about? Well, she's going to dress him up as a famous Wookiee bounty hunter whose name came to me in a dream a few days ago. Snuva. Ah, uh, good. Yeah, so get ready for Snuva next episode, everybody. Snuva, which incidentally sounds like uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob fame describing sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna catch up, catch us some fly bitches, and get me some Snuva, <laughs> Snoochie booches. Right. So, anyway, uh, Dash and Lando are gonna have to stay on fucking planet Rhodia in the casino district for a while longer. Good. And Guri takes them to her ship, which is described as vaguely feminine for some reason. Probably because it's figure eight shaped, so if you look at it from above, I guess it could kind of look like a crude drawing of boobs. Yeah, it's it's crude boobs. It's crude boobs, the ship. It's called the Stinger. It's called the Crude Boobs. It's the Crude Boobs. And uh, she basically lets them on her ship, at which point they are contacted be- via phone, but not via holo, or hollow, by Shizor. And we get our first interaction between Shizor and Princess Leia. And he's like, hey, Leia, why don't you come to my planet? And she has to think... Ooh, his voice is powerful and oddly compelling. <laughs> yeah. Good. Great. Ugh. So, you know, uh, oh, and he won't show up in person. Like, he won't show his face, just the voice. I guess because he doesn't want to ruin the surprise of him being a seven-foot green guy. Well, no, the whole thing was, uh, I don't want to reveal who I am outside of this because I don't want anyone to know what I look like because I'm fucking Shizor and no one can know anything he's about me. He's on Hollow all the fucking time. <clears throat> Well, yeah, but he's on hollow in every scene he's in prior to this one. Yeah, but that's with people that are already in his organization and Ugh. know him. Go fuck yourself, Shizor. <laughs> yep, Shizor. So, he's the worst. So she agrees to go meet Shizor on Coruscant, and then she thinks to herself, "What will I do now?" And that ends the chapter. What will we do now? What will we do now? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do now. We'll wait for chapter twenty-two. Incidentally, this was the halfway point of this book. We're we're halfway through now. Yep, forty-two chapters. Just finished twenty-one. We are full on at the fifty percent mark. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what can what do we take away from this episode, John? What's going on? Well, halfway into this book, and I was going to say nothing has happened, but we've at least gotten the plans for the Death Star, like. One thing has happened. Oh, I think a few things have happened. We've, I mean, if you think about it in terms of scenes from a movie, you would have had the swoop fight. You would have had at least two X-Wing battles. Uh, you would have had a lot of stuff about Leia standing around in a casino. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. The, you would have the scene where the uh, the Empire goes and destroys that one random shipyard base. Yeah, so but all of this is just, yes, it is things that happened in the book. I'm not saying there wasn't text in the book up to this point. <laughs> 
Which is weird because there wasn't. The whole thing's been blank. We've just been bullshitting. There's actually no book. We've been making this up. <laughs> it's all improv. The whole thing. All right. How many people can we gaslight into thinking that <laughs> Shadows of the Empire, the book, doesn't exist? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is all of those scenes almost entirely outside of like poop ship alpha and getting the plans mm. wouldn't be a thing that mattered at all in a fucking movie nope none of this would have mattered in a movie but that's because it's set between two movies yeah it's just what is this uh, a bunch of people walking around thinking about things i mean if any of this shit was interesting it'd either be in empire strikes back or return of the jedi yeah there's just nothing going on like like i said the getting of the plans that basically was some stuff that maybe someone would give a shit about, but everything else is people thinking about stuff or new characters talking about how cool they are. Oh, for Christ's sake. I hope every one of them is dead by the end of this book, and I think they will be. I just hope everyone is dead, but especially Luke. <laughs> especially Leia. <laughs> but especially Bob. <laughs> die, Luke, die. <laughs> it's the Luke, the in Orabesh. <laughs> no one that speaks Orabesh could be evil. <laughs> Case dismissed. All right, folks, that's been Expounded Universe episode, what, six, I think? No, seven. That was episode seven. Eight? Twelve? It's, it's seven, because six was the life and times of Manny Bothans. Uh, okay, so, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the Expounded Universe podcast. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, swing by patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us. Uh, if you support us at any level, you unlock bonus content for another one of our shows, and maybe for this show someday. I don't know. We're not saying yes or no to that. Right. But if we do hit $1,000 on that Patreon, I'll tell you what will happen. This show will go from bi-weekly. Is that two times a week? What am I looking for? Hemi-weekly? Die-weekly? <laughs> Hemi-weekly? You got a Hemi-weekly in there? <laughs> this show will go from being every two weeks to every one week. This this will go triannually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it three times a year. Or once every three years? Well, I don't know. One of those. <laughs> It will happen as often as eclipses do. No, we'll, we'll make it happen once a week if we hit that $1,000 goal. So there'll be a lot more Star Wars reviews coming at you. We've already picked out our next book for when we're done with this one. We're going to miss Shizor and Dash like nobody's business, but oh, Lord, do we ever have a doozy for you ready next time. As always, we have been Jeff and John of System Mastery and Expounded Universe. You can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com. Uh, if you do that, you can contact us. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you, blah. if you want to reach out to us and contact us, try systemmasterypodcast.com, System Mastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, or Reddit. Any one of those places is a great way to send us your dumb Star Wars questions and things. In fact, we actually got our first like fan question sort of letter about Expounded Universe the other day specifically. And uh, John, I'm going to take a chance just now to read that to you. See, ready? Here we go. This is from Sam P. R. And Sam says, I have vegan beef-style crumble with you, my good sirs. Uh, when picking a name for our child, we searched high and low for a name that was both unique and not too weird. After several months of looking, we finally settled on the perfect name in a radio story in, on NPR. And that was all fine, and now our son is 18 months old, and I had to discover much too late that he shares a name with a Death Sticks guy from Episode 2 of Star Wars. That's right, I named my child Elan, a nice <laughs> Welsh name that means drive or push. <laughs> 
I never planned on watching episode two again. I didn't hate it, but I have better things to do. I listen to podcasts while I work and bike, and to be honest, System Mastery and Expounded Universe are some of my favorites. But then I caught reference to Eastland Sleazebagano Selbagno in your latest two episodes and became immediately distraught. How could you do this to me? Why, J&J, have you betrayed me so cruelly? I could have gone my whole life not knowing that my boy shares a name with the Death Sticks guy. Why do you hate me so? Keep up the good work. Thanks, Sam. Well, now you just got to turn into the skid. You really have to just start calling him Sleaze Bagano. You got to lean into this shit hard, Sam. Get him an Elon Sleaze Bagano Halloween costume. Yeah, get him some Death Sticks. <laughs> It's not too late for him to go get smoke some death sticks. And, you know, he'll eventually be able to go home and rethink his life instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. Lean into it hard. And if you your kid is named Elan Sleaze Bagano or some other horrible Star Wars name we made you aware of, you can contact us at, at uh, systemmastery at gmail.com or actually expoundeduniverse at gmail.com. I, I camped that early. So uh, go ahead and email us any one of those wherever you want. Good job. Thank you so much. Otherwise, John, you got anything else you want to say this week? Uh, no, I think everything's good. I just hope there's someone out there right now that is having a kid and doesn't listen to us, and then about a year and a half from now realizes they named their kid Shizor. <laughs> it's a good Welsh name that means to rape. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess that we're all done then, except that I should probably say that I'm Elan Sleazebagano, and I love Death Sticks. Gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees. <laughs> Calls everyone she's all. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. <laughs>